Welcome to PostBurnout.com interviews. My name is Aaron Kavanagh and I'm the website's founder and editor-in-chief. PostBurnout.com is a culture website dedicated to venerating burnt-out artists the world over. Our interviews are mainly recorded to be transcribed, but every now and again we release the audio in a series we call PostBurnout.com interviews. If you enjoy what we do, be sure to subscribe. In this edition of PostBurnout.com interviews, we speak with Lenny Lowe and Amber of the Dublin queer post-punk trio Touch Excellent. They discuss their latest single, Overtone, which examines the unnecessary cruelty trans people experience while accessing gender-affirming care through the HSE, their trans harm reduction fundraiser gig at the Grand Social, their punk roots, their background, their busy 2023, the Dublin music scene and future plans. So uh, before we begin, I just want to pass on a message. Uh, when I was interviewing the Amniotics uh, a week or two ago, um, your band came up and I said, oh yeah, I'm going to be interviewing them. And they told me to say hi. So I passed that message on now. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> we love the Amniotics. <laughs> um, the first question I wanted to ask quite simply was, um, how did you guys begin? Like, And, and what was the, um, I, I guess, kind of the, the, the backstory to the band? Uh, sure. I can see Amber's in transit. <laughs> um uh so we started as a jam band um just kind of during lockdown it was something to do with a very small amount of people um and there was a gang of us and we were just playing other people's songs and then just kind of because i knew i had access to a bunch of musicians i was i started writing uh music and i really had a song in my heart because i wrote six songs in about two months and then um Every, I think everyone has given writing a song ago since then. And yeah, we were just like, this is super fun. It's a great way to connect with people and stuff. I think people are also just looking for that sense of being able to meet, you know, like-minded people. And as it turns out, having a band and broadcasting all of your opinions is yeah. a really good way to attract people who feel similar. Did you know each other um, prior to that, actually? Um, Amber and I have known each other since college. Um, and then Lo, we've also known since that period of time, but we did not all go to college together. We had same friends. Yeah, I was just kind of flipping around. Yeah. <laughs> Lurking in Dublin City. Um, and then like and when when you came together and you started like playing music together, what what do you find like the similarities was in in terms of um uh, your musical interest because I know like um there was um I think like mutual interest over like punk and hardcore as well as uh-huh. kind of like Irish uh, traditional music as well yeah um yeah I was wondering what you felt like the similarities were and was there any um contrasts uh, as well like was there any particular uh genre one person was bringing to the table or or anything like that um it's kind of funny where the similarities are and the differences are like myself and Lo would both have enjoyed stuff like My Chemical Romance but Lo to a much larger degree. <laughs> um and then we'd both be coming from like a trad music background um which is nice and then myself and amber would both be more into maybe older punk records and stuff um i don't know amber if you want to talk more about the kind of music you think you brought to the band and where you think you were like us or not like us Uh, i definitely think i'm like very interested in the kind of punk and hardcore scenes um I, I think the like things that are really interesting the the bands that kind of united us were more ideological than musical. Like it was much more the one I always kept bringing to the table was Chumbawamba. Yeah. Um, but then we were also thinking about people like they might be giants, 
uh, we were pe- thinking about kind of people who could talk about politics and who could talk about serious issues, um, but who could do it through humor and who could do it with a, a kind of smile on their face. Um, I, I think those are the kind of things that drew us together. It was less the sound and more the vibe, I, I suppose. Yeah, and kind of like actually, because like the the band is obviously a very um, uh, politically uh, driven band. I mean, uh, like as heard from your first song, Houses. I mean, it was like it, it's kind of about um, the kind of housing crisis in Ireland and, and kind of how just everything is going to be uh, kind of just like replicated by these. Actually, just as a side note, you see today, I just noticed that the uh, there was planning permission given to the biggest sky um, to the biggest uh, the largest building in Dublin that's going to be. Um, brought about so like now our skylines are going to be like driven by like <laughs> high rises it's going to be insane when it kind of came to like what topics you guys were going to tackle i mean um what what did like what um how did you kind of decide that or did it just kind of come naturally when it came to like writing songs um i think that the vibe is kind of that we'd be going around like it would be good to have a song about such and such thing like you know with houses um i a few again smaller artists have written songs uh, really songs about the housing crisis kind of since then as well but we were just sort of like it's crazy that this is you know the main not even political issue like topic of conversation for real if you're like under maybe 40 in Ireland yeah. like I feel like I never have a conversation where it doesn't affect someone <laughs> in some way yeah. you know Um, but there was just nothing there, there was no like uh, there's a lot of visual art being made and stuff obviously but uh there, there wasn't a lot of music being made about it so uh, we were feeling very motivated to write a song about that um and then just uh you know we just write about stuff that we care about we've got overtone because it's about trans rights because we care about that um we've got record because it's about the similar thing of feeling like weird about interacting with the medical system a little bit more of a broken abstract way um and then you know, right now we're in Temple Lane recording a song about sobriety because I'm sober. So that's something that comes up for me and stuff. So hey, yeah, me too. It's really, hey, <laughs> dozens of us for real trying to get that Heineken <laughs> yeah. Zero sponsorship in a very real way, if you know anyone. Um, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we just write about stuff that we care about and talk about and think about normally day to day. Yeah, let's talk about Overtone then because uh, this is about the... Um, uh, the healthcare system and kind of how it's sort of uh, um, very like unrelentingly kind of cruel to trans people. I, I you know, I haven't experienced it myself um, being cis, but um, I have heard like other people from like uh, trans and intersex pride talk about it. And like from their perspective, they were saying like, um, uh, it's kind of been monopolized. This is my understanding of it. Um, and you know, if I'm wrong, correct me, but like my understanding is that um, kind of um, trans healthcare has sort of been monopolized by the Lachlan Sound uh, Center um, which is kind of a very um, difficult um, center to get to. It's it's sort of like very obtuse in a way. Um, and, you know, when you go there, there's very like uh, invasive questioning about like porn habits, about like all these kind of like uh, really kind of like distressing and unnecessary kind of questions. And then there's obviously like a long waiting list, I think of like a decade and stuff. So it just seems like it's, it's very... Um, antiquated and very like kind of cruel and obviously that's what your song is about i was wondering if maybe if you could talk a bit about overtone uh yeah i guess uh you seem to have perfectly good grasp on the uh <laughs> the the background here but uh i think amber could maybe talk a bit more about kind of our read on the situation that i could talk about the song itself 
Yeah, I guess uh, the, the kind of political context you, you really kind of put in place that the kind of political reality of trans people in Ireland. Um, I, I think as well, it's worth mentioning um, the, the amount of trans people who are self-medicating, who are using grey markets, um, about the kind of support of the community itself and the, the self-reliance of the community. Uh, the system has created... Um, it, it, let me... Uh, even kind of, I, I think because we have the kind of political context down, I'm going to give like my own personal context and what I brought to the song yep. when I was kind of walking into the room. Um, so for, for me, the experience of kind of hearing the song for the first time was arriving to this rehearsal, this jam session, where our friend Briley was playing with Lenny and Mo, and they put together this really powerful chorus around this kind of will you wait uh, concept. And at that point, I had been through everything you were talking about. I, it took me five years from the first time I saw a GP and said, I want hormones to actually sit down with the NGS. I went through those uh, screening processes. You know, I went through all this stuff and uh, so much of my life for a long time was kind of grounded in like the fight for our own rights and the fight for like a better system. Uh, I think the, the really important thing to state is that we like, we lost. The things are not getting better, they're getting worse. And I kind of feel angry about that every day. And I kind of only get angrier about it. And the kind of powerlessness we feel um, is kind of the thing that we wanted to communicate with this song. Like, this isn't necessarily a song about, like, grasping political change. This isn't a, an instruction manual to assist people in any way. This is, like, we really wanted to translate the what it feels like to be stuck in the system into music i i hope that's something we've achieved like we really happy with how it came out i think i think lenny can kind of expand on the songwriting side of that um um yeah for sure so yeah we have on um, this friend briley she'd written this great chorus she was like you know i have this idea for a song about the trans healthcare crisis um and it's definitely something that like you know as a band we had talked about before but everyone just sort of felt like it was hard to express how we were feeling and um I'm actually the only one who also has not interacted with uh trans healthcare things in any way so it's funny that I'm the one who wrote the lyrics but uh that's just how it happens sometimes um I kind of uh the lyrics don't specifically say at any point this is about trans people and so even though I feel like like it gets really specific um it also has sort of a universality to it. Like, you know, you were saying there are these, you know, horrible invasive questions that come up about like porn consumption and how do you feel in these sexual situations and stuff. And so, you know, we have lyrics like that, you know, I want to think about your pain. Uh, I want to hear about your pain. I want to think about your body. Um, and so then that obviously like really applies there. But then I was kind of also thinking of it in a broader thing of, uh, you know, the way that uh, church and patriarchy has shaped the total landscape of Ireland like you know I think it's a song that would be as applicable to talking about uh, you know the repeal campaign and say 2014 it's a song that would be applicable to uh, you know the survivors of the Magdalen laundries you know waiting decades to get you know totally meager amount of redress um, yeah I like when I was sitting there, I was like, this is, you know, really digging into the specifics, but then kind of reflecting on it, it I don't know, it expresses a lot of frustrations that I have with the world at large as well. And I hope that it maybe helps people see that 
these things are connected. Yeah. No, and it's kind of like what I think is like kind of um cool about this that like you are seeing like I th- I think on the one hand it is kind of deplorable how like you know kind of Irish mainstream media is sort of like scapegoating trans people and and kind of like I don't know like there's all these like quote unquote national conversations we have to be having about trans people like that you just don't have to have about any other group of people and I think like while mainstream media is doing like such a like piss poor job in my opinion of mm-hmm. kind of like um giving trans people a kind of voice to counter the the sort of bigotry and, and the disdain that they're facing for really no reason at all um it's kind of like good that there are sort of alternative means like bands such as yourself to kind of um you know come out and like address it directly and kind of like I don't know do you do you ever feel like um kind of like with queer art in general or, or kind of like you know um with the spaces in general like I mean Amber you were talking about that like kind of a uh, great network that we sort of have in kind of the the alternative scene and um, do you find like it is in any way um an attempt to trying to 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 kind of counter what's being said in in kind of like the news or, or anything like that yeah, I think I, I think I can be fair if you don't mind. Um, just that such an integral part of Touch Excellent for me is the the live shows and the experience of the live shows and kind of the community that we build around that. Um, so I guess that would be kind of my response to that. I think Lenny was going to say something. Um, just something very similar, I think. Yeah, that uh, definitely the main way that Touch Excellent is creating a community is, you know, that people uh, listen to music and engage with us online and stuff, but it's the energy that is in the room when we play live gigs that is so amazing. Like, um, easily, you know, some of the best moments that I've had from the band is people coming up to us after a gig and saying, you wrote a song about trans rights. It really resonated with me. Thank you for expressing this. The other question is actually about kind of like music as, as, um, a vehicle to kind of um express kind of like ideas from kind of like um you know marginalized people or people who otherwise wouldn't have a voice in the kind of mainstream media and i think like or just mainstream um kind of i guess uh culture or however you want to phrase it um i mean it's like you know i think like when when you look at like sort of um the percentage of people in in ireland who are trans like it's just kind of unfeasible for every person in ireland to know a trans person i think while education is a good means of kind of like um um, I don't know, like um, countering a lot of bigotry. I think with the ability to educate comes the ability to miseducate, where I think like with integration and kind of actually hearing other voices, like I think it actually, I don't know, I think it's just a good means of kind of um, addressing it in a, in a kind of, in a way where it's like, you know, if you know, say a trans person, you can't, like it's it's hard to kind of fall for the kind of misinformation or the bigotry, same with any kind of group of people. I mean, like, you know, if you know someone of a certain, uh, of, of a kind of, um of people who are being kind of lambasted un- unjustly, it's it's more difficult to to fall for. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering, do you find um, do you find like the like there there is reach outside like uh for for your music for the appeal in terms of like you know um I don't know people potentially becoming like fans of your band organically and then just like I don't know kind of being exposed to um to sort of life experiences that they mightn't have had otherwise. I guess. Um, yeah, I think that's an interesting idea. Yeah, we're definitely not making songs that are like, you should be nice to trans people and here's why. You should be nice to gay people and here's why. But um, definitely, I think that, you know, we write a lot of songs about things that just affect people in general. Again, you know, the housing crisis, sobriety. Um, 
you know, we have like sillier songs as well, more romantic, lighthearted ones like Couch Song. Um, the other thing we're recording in Temple Lane right now with the Tilt Development Program is about getting too high, getting a little bit scared. So, you know, a lot of universality <laughs> to songs for sure. So, um, yeah, I suppose it would be nice if people listened to our songs and, you know, uh, opened their hearts a little bit more to LGBT people because of that. Um, but... I, I can't say that like I wrote down to I sat down to write overtone and it went this will really get some cis people on site or whatever <laughs> sure. um, I get uh, yeah our art is more just a way of us expressing ourselves and hoping that people respond to it in a positive way yeah and I I think they will <laughs> enough for that's for that's worth <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also want to talk about your gig coming up um, on uh, the 21st, actually same day as the, as the single comes out. That's it's it. at the Grand Social. It's for mm-hmm. the Trans uh, trans Harm Reduction uh, Fundraiser. Uh, yeah, I was wondering if maybe you could just uh, talk a little bit about the, that show and kind of like what people can kind of expect from it. Uh, yeah, I definitely. Amber can uh, do the talking here. She's done so much fabulous work to uh, get this together. It's our first time like organizing the whole gig from scratch and I'm just doing loads of work there. Um, yeah, we're so excited. It's it's going to be really good. It's going to be uh, Gram Social on the 21st. We have Big Tears, who are this incredible, also like all trans punk band. They're a very different vibe to us. They're much more like, oh, they're much more like X-ray specs where we're like Riot Girl, if that is the distinction that kind of makes sense. It is like, <laughs> like five years more old school in a way that is like gorgeous. They have this song about like a leather jacket boyfriend that I had to invite them to the gig just just so I could hear the song again. And <laughs> um, we played with them in Transpunk a month ago or like a few months ago. And it was some of the most fun we've ever had. They're so excited to get back with them. We have Spit, um, who are like classics of the Dublin hardcore scene. The every photo you see of them online is with the bass player like going at it with a, a violin bow on the on the bass. So we're excited to get some kind of like harsh noise in there. And then we also have Race Car Bed um who recently produced Fillmore's album if you listen to that that is like I think for all three of us one of our albums of the year and they're this incredible like hyper pop artist in their own right they're putting out their own I forget if it's an album or an EP I think it's an EP I think it's an EP yeah um they are absolutely like phenomenal I don't know anyone else in Ireland making like electronic music as like weird and interesting thing. and then there's us there's us as well um and all the money is going to trans harm reduction which is this amazing irish group that do a lot of like testing of hormones to make sure that they are like safe and that they are uh they contain what they say they contain basically and to make sure that just that irish trans people have like safe timely access to healthcare. um they're excited that like the song about a thing means that we can like hopefully do some good at the same time for the for the cause you know yeah absolutely and uh, just sorry, one last thing I actually wanted to talk about. Um, I, I just I mangled the, the <laughs> chronology. Um, I actually wanted to talk a little bit about um, sort of your music actually a little bit. Just like um, one thing I thought was really cool when I listened to Houses was that it was kind of like this very like old school kind of demo vibe. This was your first single released. And um, it kind of reminded me actually of like kind of like um, sort of like 
early kind of 90s kind of like alternative uh like legitimately independent lo-fi kind of like k records or like kill rock stars like kind of like that label um i was wondering like was that kind of like an intentional choice to kind of like put it put it something like it's kind of raw and kind of just like you know low frills like that yeah we were literally just like okay uh we are going to put something on the internet that was their big plan um, so we have this really excellent friend Tate that low brought into our lives, and the reason that houses sound so low-fi and authentic is because um, it was literally our friend Tate filming on a pretty nice camera. There's a YouTube video that goes with it. The camera looks great, and it's literally just him recording us playing the song. Uh, so if you hear like sometimes you're like oh there's a nice pan on the drum there that is because the camera was pointing towards amber um <laughs> and yeah literally we just did it in one take well like it, a few takes but like the thing you hear is just all one go of it um and yeah we just put the video on youtube and we ripped the audio from it and uh put that on spotify and stuff just a sort of way to be like here such excellent <laughs> is what we care about I, th- I thought it was so cool because it was like it, it is such like distinctive style like when I was listening to it I was like you know there like it, it is kind of like on parallel like I, I don't know like I was mentioned kind of like you know you listen to those kind of old school like kind of records they did it that way just because it was like mm-hmm. the most cost effective means of kind of like getting a record out and like uh, recording it in a day and stuff and mm-hmm. I, just, I don't know I just think it's like a really cool kind of like old school sort of um means of production that just sort of is uh seemingly going i think like now we're kind of like home production and stuff like everyone can there's like a baseline of competency i think for every like record and stuff and there's a baseline mm-hmm. of um professionalism i guess uh, an expectation and i just think it's like so cool just to kind of book that trend and just kind of go like no we're gonna you know we're just gonna go do it this way i really thought it was like very distinctive yeah it was so fun to do and it's funny that you say baseline of competency because we've obviously done like a few things in the studio since then I'm not saying something in the studio. (laughs) No, no, no. I get what you mean that you're being like a level of, you know, production quality, whatever. But like, I definitely think it was more stressful. It's like harder for everyone to play the song perfectly in one go. (laughs) Yeah, because if you mess up. To be like, okay, I'll do like 14 takes of this bass line. And then we'll use like the bits that are the best from each take of that. And then we'll do the same for the drums and the same for the guitar and the same for the vocals. Like, I, the recording of houses was a greater display of confidence. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, it's uh, it's it's lo-fi, but it works for that song, you know. Yeah. And since then, just the fact that we have access to a studio has made us more ambitious with uh, the kind of songs that we are writing now. <laughs> yeah, this actually, um, the single coming out, Overtone. This is actually your fourth single just this year alone. I was wondering, like, because mm-hmm. I talk to uh, certain artists and like they're like, oh yeah, we have like real difficulty. Like we have a backlog of. Uh, um songs but it's like it's just difficult just you know mm-hmm. uh, being able to record them getting the space getting the time the money and mm-hmm. such um have you guys um had that issue too like where it's like um trying to actually get them recorded or um has it been kind of smooth sailing for the most part um we've been super lucky because we recorded in um some you know fine uh, re- re- uh we're rehearsing in some fine rehearsal spaces around Dublin, but then um, one of the days we booked in with Beardfire on Harold's Cross, and they're amazing. They are a rehearsal space and recording studio. So yeah. the three studio singles that you're getting from Touch Excellent in 2023, Record, Couch Song, Overtone, that's all Beardfire. Um, yeah, they're super awesome. We were able to work out a deal with them of, you know, hey, if we promise to record a few songs with you guys, can we get 
a nice rate? And they said yes. And so, yeah, similarly, the way that we're just like, we are touch excellent. We are making an impression. Um, we said that we kind of do one every season. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, so that's it. We're, we're not keeping up this rate of output forever. There'll have to be an EP <laughs> or whatever at some point. Um, but once we got this out now, like I said, we're um, part of this tilt development deal recording in temple lane so we've got out we're recording two songs there and we're thinking about what to do with them we might package everything we have up into a little ep or something but we're not totally uh set in any direction there (laughs) actually um yeah i mean that like what you're kind of saying there about like you know kind of like um doing all in one package and then like spreading out over the year i think that's like a really kind of like smart maneuver to do because like uh yeah i mean like i think we are kind of in it's like single um i don't know kind of mindset where it's like you know you have to kind of be releasing stuff every so often to kind of keep you in people's conscious consciousness mm-hmm. um what i think um <clears throat> what i think it's good about the singles releases i think they actually do show kind of versatility in style um you know like actually overtone is coming out like i think like of, of your record so far this is of your single so far like this is the most kind of like appropriate given the subject matter i think it's your most kind of like relentless just kind of like you know like your other songs all had kind of like um kind of melodic kind of i mean this one's kind of like i think more hauntingly beautiful i do think there is kind of like a haunting melody to it all mm. um but like the others were kind of i think had a lot more kind of like direct pop um kind of melodies and kind of like um kind of fun kind of euphoric kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> music to it where yeah do you do you find what's that kind of a conscious thing where it's like okay we're gonna like try and um release singles uh, over the course of the year that will kind of like show our diversity yeah, we're kind of staking the four corners of the map, maybe, with uh, everything we've done so far. Um, yeah, I feel like anything else you're from Touch X and you'll be able to say, oh, it's more like, you know, one of these other ones that I've already heard. Um, yeah, we went with record first just because it was such a short and simple song. We were like, great way to uh, not waste a load of studio time, you know? There's no yeah. way we won't be able to play this song. Yeah um and then couch song is you know obviously that little bit gentler and you're you know that little bit poppier so we were able to do more interesting things like you know there layers of backing vocals and stuff in there low has a few different guitar parts going on i was able to play a little guitar part in it which was nice um and then overtone yeah it's just uh us being more comfortable in the studio again low doing everything on the guitar like really created an amazing soundscape there um and we're going absolutely wild on the drums and you know uh being able to bring in all these great references for you know what she wanted to sound like and um yeah you're right the kind of uh our references that we brought in we're almost fearing a little bit more towards the the gothic in terms of what we uh wanted to sound like there especially with that big crazy choral outro that uh we put together and stuff I guess one final question I'll ask is um as a as a tree piece, you find it easier to kind of like um streamline everything together in terms of like um do you find um I guess there's like lack of conflict in terms of like what your direction is gonna be? And uh, just in general, do you find there's any challenges as a tree piece, like in terms of um what you're trying to sonically produce and then uh, produce it live? Is there consideration, for example, of uh, you know, we're not gonna put anything on the record that we can't perform live, or is it kind of just like whatever suits the record at any given moment? um going from the end of that question to the start uh, i don't think we consciously (laughs) say 
we're not going to record anything that we can't play live like I said you know we've got layers of guitar and vocals and stuff that you just obviously can't do on stage with three people but uh everything that we write we're definitely thinking about playing it live first so even if we uh add some bits to it to record we're definitely yeah writing songs to be performed live this isn't a late stage Beatles situation or anything (laughs) um I have um I did like when we started recording and I was like oh I I can't just have one guitar track recorded it sounds kind of crap um I'll record like three or four per song um after we started doing that I got a loop pedal and I'm like determined to um basically be able to play guitar with my feet with this loop pedal um <laughs> it's it's the timing issue is difficult but um I'm I'm determined to become really good at using the loop pedal I've 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 come a ways in it I think um but to to like go back and learn essentially what we wrote for the the tracks that we recorded so that we can play them live um the the way they are on the the record yellow and this loop pedal are great and sometimes we'll record like a vocal harmony and then i'll be like that sounds really good low you got to start doing that when we play it live (laughs) (laughs) and then as a three piece definitely it's easier to like schedule rehearsals and go places and stuff when i see like these massive bands like eight people in them i think well i'm actually very impressed by your scheduling before you play a note um i i think it's I, i think we come from pretty similar places and want similar things with the band but i think it's only fair that everyone gets to voice how they feel on that one amber <laughs> do you feel like you're an equal and valued member of touch excellence i do um i'm I so awkward you said no <laughs> <laughs> uh the thing we've said since day one is that like the first rule of touch excellence is that everyone has to be having fun yeah so, you stole my answer that's what i was gonna say ah, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I I think okay in that case I'm gonna go back and answer the the last question because I just need to say and you can talk about everyone having fun. Um, <laughs> just in terms of like our sound live on stage, I think one of the really interesting things for us is like we've been playing so much this year and our sound has really been evolving and it's been so interesting for us seeing this like dialectic between going into the studio and being like oh that sounds great and then like we, we've added a bunch of pedals to our setup I, I i think there's something very like classically punk about the way we are doing this that is like on one level born out of necessity on another born out of like what we can financially achieve is like the other great limiter for us is that like we're all like dudes in our mid-20s that like our sound is defined by like what we can like pick up in secondhand shops all the time um, i think it does give us this like interesting dynamic sound that we are like scrapping bits and pieces together. And I think it gives us something a little different. Um, it gives us a little, a little spice, yeah. a, little, a little something like that. It, it's the kind of less is more effect, I guess. Um, but I think we get something really cool and interesting when the three of us play live. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause like, you, yeah, cause like you think of like, even like say the grunge room and then like that was all born from like thrift stores and just kind of like getting your hands on whatever you can, you can get. I think that is like such a, I know you do really get interested in stuff like that based on the kind of uh, necessity of the circumstances. Um, yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, so the vocals are always so ambitious because you can sing for free. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lo, talk about, talk about how much fun you have in the band. 
<laughs> I will Gun just out of frame. Part of the reason why there's so much like uh, static in overtone, not like feedback in overtone, is because like that I was using a pedal that I actually borrowed from the guys in Beardfire, and I'd never used it before. And I was like, oh my god, it creates feedback, and I've been looking for a cheap way to to create this this insane feedback like forever. I'm stealing this pedal for this track, and now it's in like every every single uh, transitionary, no pun intended, piece of uh, overtone, uh, and it's really nice. But um, yeah, no, literally, I've I've nothing more to add. It was just that like Amber, the the Amber, yeah. When when we started jamming together, she was like, the first rule of like the band is that we're all having fun. Um, and then if that's kind of like not the case, then like so like <laughs> yeah uh, we go outside uh, and we have a chat presumably we're all still having fun because we're all still here so yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> perfect actually how long has the, the band kind of been going so you said like during lockdown would that have been 2020 or 2021 uh i guess tail end of lockdown because early 2022 i think like it was definitely not peak lockdown it was sort of we're all re-emerging into society but <laughs> it's still a way to hang out with you know a small right. amount of people at a time <laughs> and uh it was an affordable enough thing to do you know by the time you split the cost of rehearsal space between a couple of people you're like well you wouldn't go to a bar and spend four hours there for this amount of money so <laughs> yeah, we're doing for... great actually <laughs> um, you're actually getting something out of it <laughs> yeah so i'd say we started jamming last year we did um a very teeny weeny little gig in Unsha towards the end of last year. Yep. But I would really say that we sat down and we were like, we're a touch excellent and we are being a band like start of 2023. Perfect. Like, yeah, putting out houses and stuff was us like declaring that. <laughs> um, I guess the last thing I'll ask you is just uh, simply what does the kind of future hold? I mean, what's kind of your plans, either immediate or distant? Um. I guess to some extent there's uh whatever we end up doing with these tracks recording in Temple Lane. Uh so again, possible EP, whatever. Um would be nice to travel abroad and play music somehow. Um I don't know, continue playing music with bands that we really like. Like we got to open for problem patterns for their album launch Haley Blouse Club, and that was best ever. So being able to play with more bands that I like. Um, and look up to and enjoy would be wonderful I like everyone that we've played with but you know how it's like the <laughs> bands where you've been like looking up to these people for years and years and stuff is that very um, flattering then when you get those opportunities to be like oh you know I'm, I'm with like this band kind of respects me enough to ask me to open yeah yeah oh it's so awesome to be asked and then to travel up and everything and to have them be like and thank you to Dutch Excellent really <laughs> yeah yeah I will also say Lenny is an unstoppable songwriting machine. So we have uh, we have a oh, yeah. we have a, a significant back catalogue. So I think the the live catalogue will also be expanding for twenty twenty four. We've got some got some exciting stuff in the works. Actually, we have that, more sorry. opportunities to play these other songs that we uh, just can't fit into a half hour set would be great. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you ever tempted to um, just like record from? Um... The sound monitor during the live show and just like get like a live track of what your songs are like or um definitely interested in something like that um 
Yeah, we have friends who are like various levels of sound tech work in live sound things. So um, we've talked about recording something live before, um, but we haven't put it into motion yet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, best of luck with everything you do. And seriously, I think what you're doing is like really good stuff musically and actively. Uh, actively. Okay. Uh, I sincerely mean that. Um, yeah. And thanks uh, for talking to me. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, inviting us to do this. This was really great. Absolutely. And if, uh, if in the future you ever have anything you want to promote, let me know. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Bye. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to that episode of postburnout.com interviews. We hope you enjoyed and stay tuned for more.